Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Love in Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me this morning. I hope you are doing well. Hope your Sunday is going well, and I hope you are ready to dig into the Word of God this morning. Today, we're going to look at the topic of taking care of the poor, which is near and dear to my heart. Most importantly, it's near and dear to God's heart. So we're going to look at what the Bible says about that. I'm going to give you a call to action this morning and it's just a very, well, it's always a very important time to take care of the poor. But one thing that we see during the summer is those needs rise. So we're going to talk about all that this morning and get into Scripture. But before we do, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, once again for another day. We thank you for another opportunity to share your word across the radio, the internet, on smartphones, with apps. Father, we just thank you and praise you for each and every way you give us to proclaim your gospel to others. And Father, we just thank you for what your word tells us about taking care of those who are in need, taking care of the poor. Lord, we know that's near and dear to your heart, Lord, and it's something that you expect us to do as followers of you. And so, Lord, may we be obedient to you. And Father, may your word this morning just touch our hearts. And Lord, may we respond by being doers of your word and not hearers only. And Father, I want to pray for people who are listening this morning who are not believers yet in your son, Jesus Christ, and how I pray today will be their day, the day of salvation. Lord, that they will call on the name of Jesus and be saved. And Lord, we just thank you again. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us and for rising again on the third day to give all who believe eternal life. Holy Spirit, we ask you now to teach us, to lead, guide, and direct us into all of your truths. And it's in your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Those of you who are familiar with Love in Action, you know that we minister to the homeless and the needy right here in Dothan and throughout the Wiregrass, and we have been for the past 23 years. While Dothan is a city that is growing and there's a lot of good things happening in our city, there's still a large population that struggles to make ends meet. Sometimes those living in the margins, they get blurred by the growth and improvements that are taking place. Throughout Dothan, we see new construction of houses, new constructions of business. We obviously have a lot of those orange cones everywhere, which signifies road construction to better handle more traffic that's continuing to grow here in Dothan. There are exciting plans for the core area in downtown Dothan, and the city tax revenue continues to increase year over year. And all these things are things we should be thankful for because they are exciting and, and they're good. However, according to citydata.com's most recent stats, which were from 2021, 21.3% of Dothan's population live below the poverty level. That's around 15,000 people. And that's below the state's average of 16.1% who live below the poverty level. I agree with my good friend Cody Kirkhoff. I don't see this as a problem. I see it as an opportunity. This is a great opportunity for God's people to be obedient and help the poor. And I'll show you this morning throughout Scripture God's expectation of how his children are to treat and take care of the poor. Like I said, this is a great opportunity when you consider that only 5% that's about 750 people who live below the poverty line are in church. 
So there's a great opportunity for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through acts of compassion and leading a lot of people to Jesus. That's over 14,000 people who are unchurched. So see, that's why I call it a great opportunity, a great opportunity for church growth, a great opportunity for us as followers of Jesus to be obedient to our Lord and Savior. As a ministry leader for over 30 years, both with Love and Action and with other churches, I know summertime is a time when giving goes down. And why is that? Well, if you think about it, during the summer, people's lives, a lot of people's lives change because school is out and because summertime is also a very popular time for vacations. So life changes for a few months. People get out of their normal routine and Unfortunately, that includes giving. So I want to give you a call to action this morning. I adjure you to please don't stop giving over the summer. Poverty doesn't take a break during the summer. It doesn't go on vacation. We see the needs rise, actually, during the summer months because school is out. That means children are not eating breakfast and lunch at school. And when you think about 32% of children in Dothan live below the poverty line, there's no wonder we see needs go up, and especially for food including hot meals and groceries. So we see those needs rise, but we often see giving decrease. So I want to encourage you, those of you who support Love and Action, don't stop. Those of you who've been thinking about supporting Love and Action, come join us. The fact of the matter is we cannot meet all these needs without financial support or volunteers. And we are blessed with people who give financially and who volunteer very faithfully. And we are so thankful for each and every one who does that because we couldn't do this without you. But we need your support. If you haven't donated or volunteered before, please pray about doing so. And please don't stop giving this summer. And I'm not just talking about to Love and Action, but to your church and to other ministries who are doing God's work because God doesn't take vacation. His work keeps going. So please remember to give throughout this summer. To find out more about making financial donations and volunteering opportunities here at Love in Action, I encourage you to visit our website, www.loveinactionministries.com. That's loveinactionministries.com. Now let's get into the Word of God and look at scriptures of what God talks about and tells us how to take care of the poor. There's a great Bible resource online called gotquestions.org. I encourage you to check it out. It's really a good website. It answers questions about the Bible and also theological questions, and they do a good job doing it. But I encourage you to check that out. But during my preparation for this message, I found some good information on that site about what the Bible says about helping the poor, and they really hit some key scriptures, and I want to share that with you this morning. In both the Old and New Testaments, we see God's desire for his children to show compassion to the poor and needy. Jesus said that the poor would always be with us in Matthew chapter 26, verse 11, and Mark chapter 14, verse 7. He also said that those who show mercy to the poor, the sick, and the needy are in effect ministering to him personally, and they will be rewarded accordingly. This is the scripture which Love and Action was founded upon 23 years ago, and that's Matthew chapter 24, verses 35 through 40. So let's read that. Jesus says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger, and welcome you, or naked, and clothe you? 
And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. So we see there in Scripture that those who did these things for the least of these are those who will inherit the kingdom of God. Let's read Matthew 25, verses 31 through 34, just before that scripture we read. And Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, don't misunderstand this meaning as good works of the sheep factored into their gain and salvation. That's not the case at all. Rather, these good works are the fruit or the evidence of them having been saved by grace, which is further proof that a commitment to Jesus Christ will indeed be accompanied by good works. And let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, which talks about that. The Apostle Paul writes, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are created to do good works. And the word of God says, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And the good works that Jesus speaks of in Matthew chapter 25 include taking care of the poor and those who are suffering. As believers in Jesus Christ, we cannot be indifferent to those who are in need. We see throughout God's word his expectations for us in taking care of the poor. And it's woven throughout the entirety of scripture. I enjoy teaching Bible Doctrine, a systematic theology course here at Love and Action at our Love and Action School of Discipleship. Dr. Wayne Gruden, who's the author of Bible Doctrine, defines systematic theology as any study that answers the question, what does the whole Bible teach us today about any given topic? The definition indicates that systematic theology involves collecting and understanding all relevant passages in the Bible on various topics and then summarizing their teachings clearly so that we know what to believe about each topic. When looking at what the whole Bible says about the poor, it's abundantly clear that God commands and expects us to take care of the poor. And we're going to look at scriptures from Old and New Testament to show what the whole Bible is saying now. I took every scripture out of the Bible about what God says about the poor and how we should take care of the poor. We would not have enough time to share that here on the 30-minute program. We would need a lot longer than that. So I encourage you, if you'd like to do an in-depth study, just look into the Bible about all the scriptures where God talks about how much he loves the poor and how he wants us to take care of the poor. So I'm just going to pull a handful of scriptures from the Old Testament and New Testament to show what God's word says about taking care of the poor. So we're going to start in the Old Testament. Let's look at the words about the goodness of King Josiah. You know, Israel had a lot of bad kings, but Josiah really changed things in Israel during his reign. And we read in Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 16, he defended the cause of the poor and needy, and so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord? And Moses, he instructed his people how to treat the poor and the needy. We read in Deuteronomy 15.10, Give generously to them, talking about the poor, 
and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. And this sentiment is perfectly captured in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 31, where we read, Whoever is kind to the needy honors God. I want to honor God. How about you? So when we're kind to the needy, the Word of God says, we bring honor to God. And the first part of that verse, Proverbs 14, verse 31, says, He who oppresses the poor shows contempt to their maker. He who oppresses the poor shows contempt to their maker. So Proverbs is, in fact, filled with verses clearly showing that God loves the poor and is offended when his children neglect them. And so you want to do a study on this topic about taking care of the poor? Start in Proverbs, and you'll read many verses where God talks about how much he loves the poor and how he's offended when his children neglect them. And the consequences of ignoring the plight of the poor are also made very clear in Proverbs. We read in Proverbs twenty-one thirteen: If a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. And note the strong language here in, in Proverbs 28, 27. He who closes his eyes to the poor receives many curses. And to show the seriousness of how God looks at how his people take care of the poor, in Genesis chapter 19, we read about Sodom, and we read about the sin that was going on there and, and just how corrupt the people were, how evil the people were. But when we get to Ezekiel, God speaks to the prophet Ezekiel, and he gives a reason of why he destroyed Sodom. And if you haven't seen this before, check it out because it's very interesting. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49, God speaks through the prophet Ezekiel and says about Sodom, Her people were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and the needy. Right there, they did not help the poor and the needy. And God destroyed them. And it's interesting that God chooses that to speak through his prophet Ezekiel on why he destroyed Sodom. And we know, all the, as I mentioned, all the other sins that were going on there. But he specifically pulls that one out. And to me, that shows God's disdain for ignoring the poor. The New Testament, it's equally clear as to how we are to take care of the poor. One verse that nicely summarizes our expected charity is found in the first epistle of John, chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. If anyone has material possessions and see his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love in words or tongue, but with action and in truth. God tells us if we have a way to help somebody, we need to help them. If you see a need, fill it. And we see that often here at Love and Action. We go out into our community and here in downtown Dothan, but also in the rural areas of our county as well. And there are so many needs out there. We find them every day. People who come to Love and Action for help through our food pantry, our hygiene pantry, our clothes. And we sit down and we talk with them and we pray with them. And there's just so many needs and just so many people who are hurting. And we could talk about the reasons for all these needs, but again, we don't have time because they're so varied. But the main thing is there's people hurting and we can show forth the love of Jesus in their lives and bring hope, bring healing to their lives in the name of Jesus. And I can't tell you how many times, but it's been many over the years where people were just overjoyed by 
an act of kindness. We have showed up with food, hot meals, and groceries to many homes with single moms. And they had nothing in their pantry for their children. And they didn't know what they were going to do. And God sent us there, and they just have tears of joy streaming down their faces because they're just so overjoyed that God brought them something to eat and brought provisions for their children. And so we just praise God for each and every opportunity that he gives us to show forth his love. Recently, we were given a lot of pizzas from Papa John's on the west side of Dothan. They donate to us a couple of times a week. And this time they had, it was right at 30 pizzas. And Brother Sean picked those up for us. And we just took them out into a community where we know there's a lot of need. And people were just so excited and they were so thankful that they were just over and over, thank you, thank you, thank you, God bless you. There was one lady, she was so excited, she said, I have a testimony to share at church this Sunday (laughs) because of God's provision. Again, there's just so many people in need. When you think of it being one in six people in Dothan and Houston County who are food insecure, which means they really don't know where the next meal is coming from, you can see why people are so excited when we show up with food. And we show up not only with plates of food, but with bags of groceries. And we just praise God for his provision so we can do that because that just not only meets those vital needs, but it opens up the door to share Jesus with people. We've just seen people after people after people come to the Lord Jesus because of those open doors by God providing for that physical need. So it's so important that we take care of the poor. Yes, because there's that need. We all need to eat. We all understand, we all know that, but that really just opens that door up to share the most vital need any of us has, and that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Earlier, I read Matthew 25, verses 35 through 40, which, as I mentioned, that's the scripture that this ministry, Love and Action, is based upon. One thing we need to always remember is what comes after that. That's Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46, where we see Jesus talking about judgment here. Remember, I said that Jesus put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left, and he told the sheep on his right in verse 34, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now in verse 41, we read Jesus saying, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly, I say to you, As you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now the judgment described here precedes Christ's millennial reign and is often referred to as the judgment of the nations, in which those assembled before Christ will be divided into two groups, the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Those who are on the left will be sent into eternal fire as I just read. He said that eternal fire was prepared for the devil and his angels, whereas those on the right will receive their eternal inheritance. 
So noteworthy is the language Jesus uses in addressing the separate groups. The sheep are basically commended for taking care of the poor, the sick, the imprisoned, and the vulnerable. And the goats, on the other hand, they are chastised for their lack of concern and action towards them. When the righteous ask him, when did they do these things? Jesus said, whatever you did for the least, one of these brothers of mine, you've done it for me. So we see right there in that scripture the importance that Jesus places on taking care of the poor. Again, we're not talking about salvation by works because salvation only comes through faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. But these good works that Jesus is talking about, they're an outflow of that salvation. When we are truly born again, we're wanting to show people the love of Jesus. We're wanting to be obedient to our God because we love him so much. And when we do these good works, it's given glory to God. And as Jesus says here, when we do it to the least of these, we're doing it unto him. I love the book of James. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. And James hits this topic hard as well. In James chapter 1, at the end of that chapter, verse 27, James writes, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their afflictions and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Pure religion that's undefiled before the Father is taking care of the orphans and the widows. So James is talking about two groups who are very, very vulnerable, who are in need of help. And I praise God for for those opportunities he has given us as well. We have an orphanage in the country of Myanmar in Southeast Asia where we have these beautiful children. There's 14 beautiful children there who are learning about Jesus and learning that they are loved. They're loved by our Heavenly Father. And the Agape Home is, is the name of it. And it's just it's awesome to go and visit those children. And Martha and I have been there, and we've loved them and hugged them, and, and they're just so excited when they see us. But most importantly, they, are, they now know that they're loved, and they know that there is a God in heaven who loves them. And there's been other opportunities we've had to take care of orphans and widows as well right here, of course, uh, in Dothan. Also overseas, there's a number of widows in Pakistan we've been able to help. Praise be to God that he loves those who are suffering. I remember in Acts reading reading about Paul and, and studying what all he went through and when we read about him in, in second, First and Second Corinthians, he, he's getting opposition. And the opposition, one reason is people are questioning his apostleship because they say he's suffering too much to be a spirit-filled apostle for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus tells us, he told Paul, he tells us, there's going to be suffering involved. It's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be that nothing's ever going to happen to us. But if he suffered, who are we to think we're not going to suffer, right? God just loves those who are, he loves us all. Don't get me wrong. If you're doing good, he still loves you. (laughs) But he has such a heart for the poor and for those who are suffering. And it's so clear in his word. James also writes in James 2, verse 5, listen, my beloved brothers, Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? So there's another example of God loving those who are poor. He said he has chosen them to be rich in faith. And 
Martha and I have seen that here and all over the world. Those who, from a worldly standpoint, have absolutely nothing. They are the happiest people we know. They are filled with the love of Jesus. They are just so excited about the Lord, and they are so rich in faith. And Martha and I have often said there's much we can learn from our brothers and sisters who are struggling in their lives, but spiritually, they are so rich. And I'd rather be rich in faith than rich in worldly things. And the poor, they are indeed rich in faith. And the Word tells us that God chose them to be that way. And I love a little bit further down in James 2 where he writes about faith without works is dead. And he says, starting in verse 14, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself if it does not have good works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. James is just point blank, and I love it. And he is saying here, he's not saying that works brings about salvation, but he's saying like what we read in Ephesians chapter 2, that these works are going to be fruit of our salvation that Jesus has given us. And so if we are believers, born-again believers in Jesus Christ, then those good works are going to be part of our everyday life. They're going to be the fruit of our salvation. And we see throughout Scripture, as I've been reading this morning from some Scriptures from the Old Testament and from the New Testament, we see that God wants us taking care of the poor. That is abundantly clear. And again, I'm not talking about works by salvation, but works being evidence of God's grace working in our lives as Jesus saves and transforms us. So we have an awesome opportunity right here in the Wiregrass. I mentioned stats earlier about Dothan, but those stats go throughout the Wiregrass. There are a lot of hurting people out there. And as believers in Christ, we all have an opportunity, opportunities to take care of them, to show forth the love of Jesus, to let them know that God loves them. And whether you do that through love and action or you do it through your church or you're doing it through another ministry, there's things we can all do. Here at Love and Action, we have some awesome volunteer opportunities. Now, some of those, well, a lot of those times are during the day. And, of course, people work during the day, too. So not everybody can come and volunteer except maybe on Saturdays. But what you can do is pray for us. We need prayers. Prayer is powerful. So please, please pray for us. You can also give financially, and online you can see where you can give. You can mail checks to us, or you can give online through Venmo, the Venmo app, through PayPal, through the Cash app, and those finances help us take care of people, meeting their physical needs, those vital needs, and more importantly, spiritual needs, sharing the gospel with people as we go and letting them know about Jesus, the good news, which that's what gospel means, the good news. And so I just want to encourage you, pray about it, and let the Lord speak to you. If he tells you to join in with us in in any of those ways, please do, because we need your help. I was talking to a gentleman the other day, and he had come here to Love and Action for some help with some food, and we were talking, 
And he was telling me about how he used to live for the Lord, and he would preach and teach the Word of God, and he would be out helping others. But about three years ago, he just stopped. And he really couldn't put a finger on the main reason why, but he did. And I looked at him, and I said, Brother, we need you. We are to pray for laborers to come because the, the harvest is, is there. It's ready. But we need to pray for laborers. And so I told him, I said, the body of Christ needs you. We need more who can go out and reach the lost with the gospel. We need more who can go out and help those who are in need. And we just had a, a wonderful discussion and a wonderful time of prayer. And he left here so encouraged. He left here so excited. And I, I told him, I, I pray that this time that we had talking and praying together, that God used that to rekindle that fire that was in his heart. If your fire has started to go out, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just rekindle that fire because we need to be on fire for Jesus Christ. We need to be growing closer to him in his word, in prayer, and just seeking after the Lord in everything, in all ways, and being obedient to him, including helping those who cannot help themselves. So I just want to encourage you to do that. Again, you can visit loveinactionministries.com. Plenty of information there for you. Feel free to call me. Our number here at Love and Action is 334-494-4995 or email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Well, we are out of time today. Thank you so much for joining me today. I pray you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week coming up. And remember, as you go through this week, Jesus loves you. And I pray, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.